Welcome to the Gig Is Up, a podcast about the present and future of the local music scene. In this podcast, we converse with musicians, producers, and other members of the community about how this unique point in history contextualizes the local music scene and how we imagine its future. I'm Jan Pascual. And I'm Helena Baracal. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're familiar with love languages, aren't you, Jam? Yes, all five. To um, contextualize, the five are, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, touch, uh, gifts, time, acts of service, and words. Uh, I think my top one is touch. Specifically, words of affirmation. Yes, words of affirmation. I think my top one is touch. Like, I like having my hand held. I like being embraced. That's the shit for me. And my lowest one is gifts. I'm not good at buying gifts. And if you're dating me, you never have to get me anything ever. Like you're not obligated to at all. You don't have to give me anything for Christmas and it's fine. You can just hug me for Christmas and I'm perfectly okay with it. I love that. On the contrary, my number one is acts of service. Oh. If I'm not mistaken, my, yeah, my second closest one, actually it's like somewhere between words of affirmation and, uh, quality time i forget um and then my lowest one is gift giving as well gift giving slash receiving and my second lowest one is physical touch i'm not a physically affectionate person oh okay okay i feel like this love language thing isn't just a romantic kind it's like it's just like generally speaking how you show love and affection and consideration for other people right at least that's how i've always understood it yeah it can apply platonically and not just romantically is this a, is this like a too big question? Like, what is the most loving thing you've ever done for someone? Or like the most explicitly like, I'm doing this to show you my love kind of thing. Whether or not it falls under like your acts of service, uh, sorry, your love language. The thing about love languages is you can be bad at um, giving them to other people, but you can be good at getting them from other people and vice versa. So um, I'd rather not receive gifts. But if what is asked of me is to give gifts, then I can do that. Not... The thing about Mags is she... I think gift giving is like one of her top languages. Like she's very good at buying gifts for people. And she, it means a lot to her when she receives gifts that are enough, that hit close to uh, who she is as a person. And I think one time when I really outdid myself when I got a gift for her, because I'm not particularly good at it, I'm still trying. But like one time was I bought her and I told her this, I purchased a scented candle from the Casey Musgraves merch store. Uh, it's the Slow Burn candle. Wow. I know, I know. It's it's named after her song, Slow Burn, and it smells like a Casey Musgrave song. And I was kind of worried because the thing about international shipping, especially at this time, is uh, you don't really know if the shit's going to come here. Maybe it's stuck in customs, but like eventually it got here. And I was like, I was so proud to come up there and be like, baby, look at this candle that i got for you it's the fucking casey musgraves candle i can roll with the language of gift giving it's not my best but i can roll with it what about you what, what's the most loving thing you've done whether it was a grand gesture or like a little thing does it count if i wrote my entire um thesis chapbook like in creative writing you have to produce a chapbook mine was about andrea <laughs> If my thesis advisor is out there listening to this, she's just like, yes, and she was a horrible student. But like, but I wrote it about my girlfriend. No, but it's okay. And it was like dedicated to her and everything. Like, you, it's so gross and gay. <laughs> Although it was funny because like, in, in what do you call that? The creative writing um, chapbook sale was the same day as like the opening of the um, information design because Andrea was uh, ID in college it was the same day as the opening of their exhibit so her parents were there and I just made sure to like hide the copies when they came by my table I mean they knew we were together at that point but I'm like don't wait am I letting them read my thesis chapter <laughs> what I want to know is how did you feel when you were writing your thesis chat book knowing that it was a project specifically about someone and that it was an act of loving someone because it's one thing to make art, nah, I know, for any other reason, but to make art that's dedicated to someone, that's for someone, that's about someone, that's about loving someone, what, what did that feel like for you? I think at the time, weirdly enough, I feel like I wasn't really aware of what it meant or that there was like a certain inherent like gravity to it. Because on the one hand, I was pretty stressed because I was just trying to meet my deadline, <laughs> um, right? So that, 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 was, that was definitely a factor. 
over time, it's something that when I look back on, I'm like, oh, I did that. <laughs> like, like, I was absolutely shameless kind of thing. Um, and not just, not one like shameless bad way, just like, parang I, I like laid it all out, you know? Um, but I think it's, I'm, I'm, you know, weirdly enough, I'm not sure how to answer that question. I feel like it's something I still think about until now. No, does that make sense? Nah, no, I feel like at the time, I was, it was just about submitting my thesis and it just so happened that like, I was like going through it at the time, you know, with like my sexuality and my, um, and this relationship and everything. And it was like, I feel like I haven't, I didn't really understand at the time that it was like a big thing. Does that make sense? Like, but over time I've come to appreciate that I did do that and I did put it out there. Um, yeah, I don't I'm not really sure where I was going with that. But yeah, it felt nice to do it. And I think Andrea liked it. I think she appreciated it. <laughs> but yeah. I feel you. And it is big for, I guess, for three reasons from what I understand. One, because it was for someone you love. Uh, and two, uh, the, the someone you love loved it also. And three, because it was gay. And that's what made it important. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I feel like it was... Um, it just says a lot about how how safe I felt and supported in like my own little writing community in school, even in my class and in and in, in, in myself that I could put it out there and like not even think about there being any consequences or any fear or anything like that. You know? Yeah. I'm thinking about that now and I'm like I feel very grateful because like not everyone has that luxury, you know, to be able to be openly queer um in themselves, in their work. Um, and I'm glad I had that. I'm glad I have that. And I'm so grateful whenever I do get to see people who can express that about themselves um, in wider society, <laughs> just in the in their work or among their friends. I'm glad you do. I'm glad you did have that. And I'm going to keep making sure that you keep having that. And oh, <laughs> bruh, bruh, come on. Come on. I know we talked about Fast and Furious last time. But you're, like, you're my ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> you're my ride or die, homie. <laughs> you know who else is very ride or die about love our guest for this episode who actually knows a thing or two about saying it with their whole chest like um when they write a song and it's about love and it's about loving girls they know what they're talking about our guest for this episode of the gig is up is rachel coates she is a singer she is an actress uh she's a whole bevy of things she's so talented and so warm and so generous uh, and we love her. We love her we so love much. Her. Uh, her new single, Big Shot, is out now. You can find it on our streaming platforms generally. And we're so excited to talk to her. We talked to her about like um, what it means to write mm-hmm. songs about loving girls and about mm-hmm. what it means to be a queer person uh, artistically expressing themselves. And also like lots of juicy stuff like like going on Zoom dates and stuff. And a little bit about Pearl Next Door. So yeah, um, Raincoats, if you're listening, thank you for joining us today. And if you are new to the Raincoats, to the, no, to the Rachel Coates bandwagon, uh, welcome. We're happy to have you. All, could always use more people. I'm so enamored with this person. She is so cool. And I'm so glad we got to have her on the show. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. You'll just hear it in our voices later. We're like so flustered. I've been thinking recently that like the podcast is like one half you asking all these smart questions and one half me just finding 10,000 different ways to say I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed this pattern also where I'm like, uh, so can you tell us about Ano? And you're like, wow, it's amazing. <laughs> you're so great. And you're so great with them. Let's go, let's do it. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk to you today because, um, well, we've touched on this earlier before we started the interview proper, but like our paths have crossed like a number of times in this life. I know, dude. (laughs) It's weirdly spiritual. (laughs) So we enjoyed brief stints as radio DJs. Mm -hmm. We were both active in the spoken word poetry scene. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, but like the last time I physically saw you, um, it was like at a press event and we were both working. It was like for Netflix. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think it was for either um, Jessica Jones or Iron Fist. And I was there to report the thing. And you were in character as like a shopkeeper. Like it was that sort of setup where like. Yeah. 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 Um, and I was like, you're in character. So I don't know if I should like say hi because you're in character. <laughs> I think I did say hi, though. I was like, oh, my God, it's Jeff. No, it was lovely seeing you. It's crazy. It was lovely seeing you as well. And you forgot they were both like devilishly handsome and uh, <laughs> sorry, just starting off with a joke. But uh, yeah, rock and roll, dude. It has been a minute. Yeah. Rock and roll. Um, we don't have this shared history, but I'm excited to be here too. Mindsert lang. We will soon when I adopt one of your cats after <laughs> after the pandemic ends. I mean, because it's been a hot minute, I just want to ask you like, how you been generally? Oh, that's a very loaded question. No, I, I mean, uh, life is good. Uh, I mean, as good as it can be in the middle of a, an actual apocalypse. But uh, you know what? In general, uh, I think that a lot can be said about spending a lot of time with yourself. And that's, yeah, it's a good thing. Of course, reduces the number of happy happenstances in which we get to like meet <laughs> by fate or whatever but uh you know hopefully those things will come to, back to normal pretty soon but yeah i do agree like there's not a lot of opportunity for serendipity no you know like social interactions are always very planned meticulous so there's not a lot of room for the element of surprise which i didn't realize i missed until now that's what i keep saying dude that's like the whole thing about like live performances being shut down it's like it's great to listen to a polished track, but once in a while, you just want to wild out. You want to hear something that's never been heard before, you know, and it's... <sighs> when was the last time you were able to do that? <laughs> to listen to something live? You know, I stopped going out pretty early. Dude, that was more than a year ago now, I realized. Shoot, what was it? I think it was... Um, ironically, I think it was something at Root... Oh, no, it was Valentine's Day. I was listening to Sky Dominique spin at uh, NoCal. And I consider that an art form. He was crazy, great spinner. And it was uh, he was playing all the hits. And it was like, yeah, that was a great environment to maybe cap off um, <laughs> the party scene for a year. It was a, it was fun for a bit. Damn, dude, you're making me miss it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, Lord. We've said before, this is actually just a podcast full of sighing and longing. I know it's very um, and like um, the gig is up and there's no gigs. Like I was, I was thinking about. It, I was like, damn, <laughs> clever, very clever. Thanks, Jam, for the name once again. Yeah, sorry, I'm like a bleak person by nature. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you actually have a lot of things going on, and it's hard to choose where to start. But let's kick things off by talking about Pearl Next Door, the girls' love series that you started. Oh. Yes. You play the character of Alex Aguirre, who is a character who is just like, um, like Pearl. We encounter Pearl in the middle of like a little crisis, and then Alex is like, "What's up, girl? Hey, how you doing?" Like she just barges in, like, "Hey, shoot, dude." Can you take us through what it was like playing Alex Aguirre, shooting the series, and what it was like being a part of a thing that seems to reflect how quarantine, or at least physical distance, can complicate things like love and romance? Oh man, uh, it's it's crazy dude like i've had well wait i'm wondering how much of myself i'm about to reveal but <laughs> the experience itself was wonderful like i i loved uh playing a character that was so kind of a little bit out of what i was in real life she's a very confident and like <laughs> she's very she's kind of a, a little bit a little bit cocky a little bit of a charmer and uh it was fun channeling that especially um in a time that you have to be so introspective so it was fun to get out of my shell in that way and of course even I was just happy to be working, to be honest, because I thought that when the pandemic started, I wouldn't be able to do what I love doing most of all, which is telling stories. And uh, this little opportunity like showed up and uh, uh, I was able to tell a pretty awesome story with some really uh, talented people. So I was I was really happy for that opportunity. And they also let me sing a bit, which I love that, <laughs> you know, write music and um, sing about um, loving girls, which is awesome. You know? <laughs> There's nothing I write else I write about. So it's, the best thing I know, right? There's nothing else I write about, so it's perfect. Um, but yeah, it was a wonderful experience. I loved working with Derek Ivan and Percy. But in terms of lockdown love and complications, damn son, I think that deserves another whole podcast. You know, say it. It's been a while. Like stuff has ended and started and ended again during this lockdown, and I didn't think that it would be. It's so strange, like um, dating on Zoom. I think that it's been. Like, okay, it works out in Pearl Next Door, but like you try it by yourself and it's like, 
like how you were saying earlier, like the missing element of serendipity. It's so like you're not catching a grab in Publishon at 3 a.m. to like get back to wherever the hell you're going. You're ending a Zoom call at, at midnight because you're responsible and not nearly half as drunk enough to like be entertaining another hour with the person you barely know. So it's it's interesting. It's fascinating. Yeah, it eliminates the idea of one thing leads to another. It's just the one thing. Yeah, dude. Those images you described, they're such a painful contrast. (laughs) Right? I want to be that person catching that grab. But like, okay. And then on the grab ride home, they're playing like the hits, you know, like. The hits? No, no, no. I gotta say, I gotta say, like literally one of the most, what's it called? Like, I I would say serendipitous, but I feel like I've used that word too many times. But like, um, just one of the wildest experiences. Like I I got, it was 3 a.m., got into a grab. And they were playing I'm Not In Love, dude. I'm not in love, but so they say. It's just a silly phrase I'm going through. And I was like, they're in the back. I was like, yo, this is the wild. <laughs> My feelings right now, it's crazy. It's like the radio knows. Yeah, dude. But like for real. Okay, so Zoom dating. Can you talk more about that? Because that's so unusual to me. Like, can you tell me more about how that works? What's the hoo-ha that goes on with that? Oh, what's the hoo-ha? There's no hoo-ha at all. That's the point. Yeah. there's no hoo-ha present <laughs> it just gets right down to business it's it's really fun actually okay i i did go on i think maybe two or three zoom dates but uh there are some people that thrive in that environment but it's just not me <laughs> you know like i could talk to you guys now like this but um it's it's really strange in a romantic context it felt a little bit like a job interview uh-huh. you know where it's like it's so um like I have this set of questions and I'm going to ask you them to, you know, to see if we can schedule another call soon. You know, it doesn't matter how drunk I am. It's like, oh, it's... but then again, I feel like that is also a good thing. At least, I you know, it minimizes the amount of bad decisions I can make. And there's always this element of, and I think it was present also in Pearl Next Door. There's this element of distance uh, that allows you to set really clear and great boundaries. And I feel like mm. I've learned that during the pandemic because it's just like mm. not when it wasn't. I know I, I I can't put a positive spin on this thing. It sucks. It's shitty and it's um terrible. But in terms of personal experience, you know, it's like, uh, uh, what can I say? It, um, yeah, it's it's allowed. It's created a lot of artificial space between you and whoever, you know, you're dating. So it's good in that respect yeah um but that's interesting though na, what do you call it? it's like meeting for the first time online can feel unnatural but it also like allows you to cut right to the chase so in a weird way it's like you can also be real with each other faster something like that yeah uh <laughs> well i'm still single so uh <laughs> i don't think it's been working very well uh but you know it's 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 all good just gotta keep going yeah, you just got to keep uh, trying until, until you hit hit a good, you know, uh, hit a vibe with somebody, I suppose. But uh, yeah, no, I, I feel that completely. Uh, I, I'm not very good at cutting to the chase, though. I like I like the small talk and the flirtation. Mm. So, yeah. The long, uh, slow, torturous road. <laughs> that's basically lesbianism in a nutshell. So <laughs> We like our longing, so it's, it's, it's just all binding. It's all just like, <laughs> longing stares from across the room like <laughs> i see you my square of the zoom call is just like yeah yeah huh? mm-hmm. it's just incoherent like snickering literally dude i was literally in like if, if you like somebody on a zoom call date it's just funny because you're like they're staring at the screen you're looking at each other and i know that the podcast people can't see me right now but you're literally just like this <laughs> like that and then they're like you're like what are you looking at? Stop. And they're like, I'm just looking at you. And that's like literally the whole call. Like, that's it. Is this an actual conversation you've had? I'm not, I will not confirm nor deny, but it's just like, <laughs> that's literally how it is though. Like, you can't even deny. If you like somebody and you're on the Zoom call and you run out of things to talk about, it's just like... Somebody might listen to this and like see themselves like, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, but like romantic wavelengths aside, I know that um you've, encountered a lot of artistic wavelengths that you can drive with one of them being uh nick lazaroff who you've been a part of on the roster of his uh eclectic kiss label um you released a single called takeaway and your upcoming single is a uh, big shot and it's coming soon and um i, I want to ask you what was it like stepping into the studio with nick and how did it feel making like pop music Ah, oh, dude he's a god he's a 
he's an absolute god uh you know ugh, i could go on for like a million you know hours but well the thing is it, it was funny because uh he reached out to me during quarantine uh i gave him the stems on my Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yes, you are. On my shitty little microphone, I gave him the stems of this track that I'd written about, um, you know, uh, written about in college, like so many years ago. And I was like, uh, he's probably going to put it, uh, you know, he's he's wonderful, but he won't spend too much time on this because I'm not that, you know, I'm, I don't I'm not I don't I didn't think the song was worth it. Um, but he put a spin on it that made it like, ah, ah, I love it. Every time I hear it, I'm like. It wouldn't would have been nothing without him. I think I found my soulmate in terms of production. He's wonderful. And um, we never met like that whole thing happened and we never met. You know, the, all the articles came out and it's like, I've never stepped into the studio with you. But I just whenever I send my stems off to you, I know something awesome is going to come out of it. And something that I can bump to in my car is going to come out of it. So um, love that dude. He's a wonderful dad as well. Like I, I remember a couple of weeks ago, we I took a test and he also took a test and uh, we wanted to like I wanted to get him a pizza. So I dropped off a pizza at his house. <laughs> Oh, uh, and uh, his son was there. His wife was there. And it was just like, you could tell he has this vibe where it's just like great guy, generous guy uh, in terms of his talents. And uh, he he's one of those guys that knows where his priorities lie, which makes me, you know, we have the same kinds of values in terms of family and stuff like that, which is awesome. So it's great working with him. And big shot, dude. I know it's out now, but like when I sent over like the eight vocal layers that are in it, and I was just like, have fun, bro. Like, enjoy. And he just went ham on it, dude. Like, I went ham on the vocals. And he decided to just go ham on everything else. And it just, to be honest, I don't, I don't think, ah, dude, what came out was crazy. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm just, it's wonderful working with him. And the roster of the other talents is just, woo, intimidating, but exciting. So contrary to what you were saying earlier, uh, you can still form meaningful connections <laughs> during quarantine. It's true. Just drop off a pizza. Send some stamps. Send some stamps. It's the new Harana. <laughs> so um, I'm curious, though, as well, about like your background in theater. And can you tell me um, how much your uh, professional theater experience and career has shaped uh, what you're doing now? And does it carry over into your work with uh, Pearl Next Door and with your solo music work? Oh, no. Yeah, I think it's definitely carried over. But I think uh, it more, of course, obviously, it's acting. So that carries over into Pearl Next Door for sure. But I think where I see it the most now is into, I, I think the artistic persona I'm developing, <laughs> developing, it's still in the works. But, um, you know, um, I grew up listening to Elton John, Kate Bush, you know, my idols from the 80s. And the one thing about them is that they, uh, they, while they didn't have backgrounds in theater, I think the largeness of life is so well captured by these. They're icons, dude, like Bowie and theatrics does play like a huge role in it. You know, the costumes, the makeup, the uh, the performance itself is like it's made the music so much bigger. And I know that we're not allowed to be performing live right now, but like eventually I just I want to be able to like risk looking ridiculous to become like as iconic as that you know because i mean if if somebody put on a bowie costume and you know performed a song that wasn't incredible they'd be a fool dude but since the music was so great it became iconic so i mean i think that is what carries on uh from my theater career the uh the love of the risk of being ridiculous uh to pursue something great yeah Wow, that was good. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Good job. That was, yeah. that was great. Yay! <laughs> I just want to say, though, that, like, I mean, yes, we haven't seen you perform these these songs, this music live yet, but I feel like even just with, like, a cursory glance through what you've shared online, like, we can already, like, a viewer can already feel, like, how present you are in your work. Does that make sense? Like, obviously, like, people are present in their work, but, like, I love getting that sense and that I feel like, um, even if you were saying earlier that unlike um, see Alex Aguirre, character Alex, um, you, she's like so confident, so whatever. Like at the same time, I felt like you have such a strong presence in your work. So it would be so cool to see that live for sure. So putting a pin on that, I can't wait to see it. That that means a lot to me. That the oh, that that really does mean a lot to me. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your work. <laughs> I'm just excited for you know. I mean, like obviously performance is where my heart lies. So being able to 
Uh, look forward to that. It's all in my brain. Like all the lighting cues, everything is in my brain right now. I just wanted to see it somewhere. Like it's, whew. I love it. Even the production elements. But like in like a live gig sort, like in a vaguely CD bar kind of thing. Or is that something you're looking for? Once. Once. Okay. Once. Once in Poblacion, uh, it was a White Wall event and uh, we had some extra time and everybody was leaving. So I was like, well, I might as well play a song. And it was um, it was October 17, which is on the um, yeah, Spotify now, which is still one of my favorite songs. And it comes it came from a very, very honest place. Ah, wait, I'm getting in my feels about it. Ah! Can you tell me? I'll stop. I'll stop. OK, tell us about it. <laughs> tell us about this tender, lovely track. <laughs> No, it's it, it was uh okay, well, um it was a uh, what's it called? Uh I was I, still the love of my life. Samantha, she's um my girlfriend at the time. Um she's lovely. Yeah. Um Ah, okay, wait. <laughs> Sorry, my brain like drifted for a second there. Ah, okay. October 17 was about It's fine, it's fine. As long as you're comfortable sharing this. No, no, no. Comfortable sharing it for sure. And, uh, you know, she uh, I let her know whenever I'm talking about her on any of the things. I think she gets annoyed by it now, to be honest. She's like, stop talking about me. <laughs> no, but um, uh, OK, so October 17 is about um, it was the day because uh, we'd been dancing around the topic for like two years when it when it uh, came to her like family and stuff. Uh, but um. I think October 17 was the day that I think she told her mother about me or something. And uh, yeah. Ah! Big day. <laughs> so the, the song is about, yeah, the song is about that and kind of just like, oh man, I feel positive about this, you know, like, because, you know, as I said before, family is really important to me. And um, I think, uh, you know, it's like a thing where it's like, I don't think I'd be able to, it affects me a lot when the when it, you know the, the the parents don't like me i'm like i take it as a challenge i'm like come on like me i'm wonderful uh but uh yeah uh yeah that was a, that was a song so Damn. thank you for sharing that and I, I super get that i feel like as queer people like it's something we can't help but be super self-conscious about like how the family is going to receive you definitely been there <laughs> here we are four years later oh <laughs> anyway better on the other side though yeah I just wanted to know that I played this song while I was like a syringe feeding my foster kittens a while ago and I was getting emo. I was like, oh no. I was like, what's going on? And they obviously have no idea what's happening. They're just eating. But I'm like, this is a great track. Uh, they're also vibing. They're having their little syringe like bars. <laughs> they are. It's like they're, they're drinking milk and their ears are twitching and they're like, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to hear that I appeased your kittens. That's awesome. You're a part of their life now. <laughs> Man, um, that's crazy, though, that, like, you still have this, like, um, you have this kind of intimacy with uh, your songs, but also, like, that you can talk about these things from your past with such, you know, confidence and sureness. That's not something that a lot of people can do. Well, that's just uh, something that I wanted to say. Because we're so, like, you know... Um, so eager to renounce or like throw certain parts of us away but you're like you know yes i love this person you know and i don't regret it you know does that does that does that make sense jam stop my feelings ah i was about to ask like jam is there something you want to share no no i'm good i'm good <laughs> it's true no you're you're absolutely right though i mean like uh, I, I i got this tat and it's my heart on my sleeve and i think that that's a trait damn <gasps> Ah, what? Were you going to get one too? Are we going to be matching? Well, now that I, now that you've shown it to me and put the idea in my head. Jam, you can add it to your collection. My girlfriend's going to be like, oh my God, Jam. Lame. And I'll be like, no. It is honestly kind of cheesy, but like, honestly, it's, it's, it's me, dude. I am cheese. I, I, I honestly think some of the best things are just a little cheesy, you know? Right? Right? Like the most sincere things are just a little cheesy. So it works. True, true. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I mean, the song itself is vulnerable enough. I think that's obvious just from listening to it. But just having this extra context is like, that cuts deep. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's, uh, yeah, it's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> so, Going back to, well, the idea of theater. Because like, and the idea of live performance. Uh, the idea that I think is most tied to the 
um, art form of theater is spontaneity, the live experience, as you mentioned, and like like how no uh, live experience is the same. Uh, can you tell me about um, how that's been sitting in your heart as a musician, as an actress, as a someone who's been in theater, like this idea that, you know, um, a lot of what you're doing now is recorded, but like the energy just hits different when you're in front of people in real time in, you know, a context where things could go wrong, but that's part of the thrill. Dude, it's been it's been there a little ah, a little pea sized rock in my heart. Like I don't know, dude. It's it's uh it's nahaka mistalaga. Like uh, I miss uh seeing people after shows and uh not musical shows, I mean like, you know, like stage productions and um just the camaraderie of things happening backstage and there's this whole vibe where everybody's trying to put a good show together and like uh I miss that a lot. Um from your bedroom, it can be a little bit lonely, you know, and it's it's very easy for people like uh, musicians or people like, uh, especially like me to zero in on things where when it's not perfect. Uh, and I feel like being in a live setting always helped me shed that like right away. But um, yeah, it's like extreme. Uh, that's all I can really say. I feel like there's a lot brewing and I'm excited to be sharing that eventually. 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 Soonest, soonest. Yeah, soonest. Speaking of like um, getting to meet people though, I want to talk about the lively and lovely community of fans that you have. Shout outs to the Raincoats. That's like the cutest name in the, the world. The Raincoats OFC, dude. They're the best. They're so they're so they're lovely. I don't know what else to say. I haven't even met them, but they, they seem lovely. They are the rays of light in my life, dude. It's crazy. Imagine like I get home from like the gym or something and there's Sand Mig waiting for me. Dude! What? There's Sand Mig! What the heck? What the heck? They deliver like a couple of sand migs and all of their love letters. And I write, I, I, I reply to all of them because I'm like, dude, this is crazy. You got me sand mig. And like, honestly, yeah, that that that's crazy. Javanair just in disbelief. Like, where do we get a fandom? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start it for you guys for sure. <laughs> But no, they're 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 absolutely lovely, and you know it's like, uh, yeah, they, they, ah, there's nothing to say. They're so nice. They're just so nice. It's so interesting that you have of not just that you have such a devoted fan base, but also that your relationship with them is very personal and very communicative. I mean, that's that's kind of like an anomaly compared to the normal relationships between fans and entertainers, which are often, you know, uh, there's a healthy amount of distance, but with you and the raincoats there's like a lot of closeness <laughs> what's it like you know living in that closeness and is are there things that you have to think about when you're you know navigating that as someone who knows that there are people who look up to you um well even i have my shortcomings you know like i'm not active on the group chats because i can't i can't text for shit i'm terrible at replying to messages online but I do love letters, you know that jam. Like uh, I think we're a sucker for when it's a physical piece of paper, and I can reply to it from there. Uh, but um, you know, uh, I like people a lot, and uh, it, it makes my day when people come and visit. You know, uh, wherever I am working, like the the vintage shop that I work at, and and you know, like uh, whether or not they bring a present, like the 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 conversations we all have are is is just lovely and i see a lot of myself in in a lot of the kids that come and and visit because you know yeah i see a lot of myself (laughs) we were just talking about how um you have such a close relationship with your fans and that you even mentioned that you see yourself in them which i think is which is really really cool and sweet that you guys can have that kind of rapport I guess I'm just, I mean, I think this question would come up eventually um, talking about your work because you very explicitly have, um, are involved in projects that um, are are queer, you know? Right. Um, that show a queer love as a queer person. And I, I think that's beautiful. I'm like, I, I can't believe I missed Pearl Next Door. Like I literally started watching it today oh because Dan mentioned it. So I'm like an episode and a half in and I'm going to binge it when we get off this call. So... <laughs> You know, and that's amazing. I'm like, I'm so happy to hear that. Excuse me, more. Um, uh, why isn't it like more popular? Anyway, right, right. But yeah, I mean, 
I guess we'd inevitably come to like the question of representation. Um, and I guess, you know, I think even just looking at your work, I personally find it really inspiring and exciting uh, to see like a, a multi-talented, prolific and visible like queer women, woman, queer women in all of these like artistic spaces. And I guess like, um, I guess, oh, shuck, sorry. I'm, I'm just I'm like, uh. wait, that means a lot to me. I'm, I'm, I'm blushing from over here. Oh, but, but for real, for real. You know who else was blushing? Me at the end of episode one when you guys did that video call. And I'm like, she's ah. coming on so strong. I wasn't prepared. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was also watching that with my foster kittens, by the way. And they're just like, what are you doing? Anyway. Shoot. <laughs> This is uh this is pretty gay, Helena. <laughs> That's what they're saying to you, dude. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Maybe, maybe it seems like a silly question, but I guess how like aware are you of that when you're like involving yourself in these projects? Like, I mean, at the same like I, I want to ask this question and I am asking it, but at the same time I'm also like, can't like gay people just be gay and do their things, which don't necessarily have to be gay? But also like I don't know, you know, it's a whole bunch of things. So like thoughts. <laughs> Okay, awesome. That was a bit incoherent, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not 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 at all. Uh okay. Uh well, uh, I mean, I I totally resonate with that thing where it's just a uh, they they're gay and it's like a, it doesn't have to be a, a huge thing. Honestly, I think that the the fluff of Pearl Next Door is is its strength. <laughs> I really do think so because I mean, I, I I was talking to the Lasallian about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they, they were they were comm majors writing the article, and I was like, "Dudes, have you ever noticed that like uh, queer representation in the '90s, 2000s, '80s, even it's all sad, dude? I didn't know how to do how how I didn't know how to you know uh, I didn't see myself on screen as anything but a tortured or doomed <laughs> you know character. So it's lovely being um what's it called uh being able to do something light and queer. Uh, of course, I want to do, you know, I want to expand that and tell, be able to tell all kinds of stories. But, I, you know, for Pearl Next Door, that's what um, what was my thought bubble for that. Um, honestly, I think it's kind of surreal. I don't think it, I don't think uh, I've kind of, <laughs> it's sunk in yet. Uh, but uh, I just want to, you know, I, I, I like the fact that I would have liked to have seen uh, somebody queer uh, on the screen at my at, at at thirteen or twelve, and I think that would have helped. So I feel like, uh, hopefully, uh, keep telling good stories that help people to be better people. And yeah, that's it. That's all I want to do. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're gay or straight or or whatever. But if obviously, it has a place that's near and dear to my heart. So yeah. So in other words, typecast me, guys. Typecast me. I do. I do not mind. Please put me in this pigeonhole. She will be your stereotype. <laughs> for a good cause true true <laughs> yo what you said though about like the fluff being the show's greatest strength um yeah because it's like it's one thing to see yourself represented it's another thing to see yourself as represented and happy you know yeah yeah and just like chill They're just like i don't know yeah I, I feel I feel like we've been waiting. I mean, until now, I think we've been we've been waiting for a really honest to goodness queer. I mean, a lesbian rom com. I just wanted to see that in this world. And if all if y'all cast in for that, I can I can I'm right here, y'all. You know, like manifesting, <laughs> manifest her yeah. right now. The LGBT community definitely deserves that whole like spectrum of stories it's that whole the like to have a depiction of the whole spectrum of human emotions not just the negative sad stuff but also like the good happy sexy stuff you know like let's do it let's make it yes literally my bumble profile good happy sexy let's do it (laughs) (laughs) we can we can link that in the show notes like as part like stream her music and like Swipe, swipe right on. Her. Damn. When we when we plug your stuff at the end of the show, we'll be like, you can look for Rachel Coates on Bumble. Just like keep swiping until you find her. She'll be there. Just have patience. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Damn, dude. Well, thank you for that. But yeah, like it's so cool to me that you have like what's the expression? Like you wear many hats, or like you have your finger in a lot of pies. I don't whatever the expression is. Like you do so many things, oh. and it's so cool. Like. <laughs> 
I love that. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you verbalizing that. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm sorry. I can't take compliments. I, I just learned how to do that maybe like two or three months ago. So oh. I truly do appreciate your compliments. Thank you so much. I'm blushing. <laughs> well, this is great practice. Happy to say. <laughs> Dude, I feel you though. Like I'm the same. I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> oh God, same. But a while ago, but like, I feel like Jam, we just enjoy putting each other on the spot. A while ago when Rachel was saying like the devilishly handsome thing, I was just like snickering. <laughs> Dude, you weren't you weren't reacting. I was like, oh shoot, I don't think he thinks that's funny. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know, but we are devilishly handsome, so just accept it, you know. No, we are, we are, we are. <laughs> we we cut out in like post we cut out a lot of like the compliments we pay each other. <laughs> just like what? They never make it to air because we're just too embarrassed. That's so funny, dude. We'll keep the devilishly handsome thing though, since you were the one who said it. Jam, we can't okay. cut this out. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'm blushing. Anyway, so <clears throat> I would like to uh, move on to <laughs> the. Uh, well, it's not so much a game as it is a lightning round of questions. Lightning round! Woo! Let's go! This one's for you, but this is also for the raincoats as well. Shout out to the raincoats. Um, and we just want to ask you about what your favorite things are. Um, okay, of, awesome. Of certain things. So, 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 first one. Rachel Coates, what's your favorite food? Of all time? Uh, Sinigang. Rachel Coates, what's your favorite outfit you've ever worn? Uh, a Maikuji sweater. And nothing underneath. <laughs> Who's your favorite musician? Elton John. What's your favorite concert experience ever? Uh, Fleetwood Mac Landslide, uh, Melbourne, 2019. Yeah. A blessing. <laughs> I died. <laughs> favorite quarantine trend? A quarantine trend? Yeah. Journaling. I love it when people are journaling. I'm like, keep doing that. Self-awareness shit. I love it. That's a trend. I, w- I totally messed that. <laughs> Although I do have been journaling, but I was like, oh, okay. It's a thing people are doing. Cool. Or Chloe Ting. I like it. My sister's doing Chloe Ting. I'm like, oh, yeah, come on. Get this fitness trends. Love it. Is that a YouTuber? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's a YouTuber. <gasps> Super cute. What's your favorite book? Ah, of all time? Sure, sure. Ah. Uh, Oh my gosh, that's so hard. Or what do you want people to think is your favorite book? You know, like, oh wow. <laughs> doesn't everyone get self conscious when you get asked this question? <laughs> <laughs> it's a book of poems. Uh, hmm. It's a, a poetry collection, the Allen Ginsberg one. I know I'm basic. Sorry. Just let it be. No, no, no. Allen Ginsberg is like legitimately good. How? Yeah, yeah. The one Allen Ginsberg poem I know. Yeah, the one I, I know also. But like, you know, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm basic. It's, it's fine. The creative writing majors in the call are embarrassing themselves. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, favorite dance move? Um, Running Man. <laughs> I dance it for you, but I, nobody on the podcast can see it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or, oh no, the, the uh, what's it called? The, what's it called? The Waggle Your Finger. I did that in 2020 once. I don't think it went down well. It was like, just like this. Oh, this one. I believe um, I've seen this. Suburban White Mom. Yes, yes, that one. Favorite production you've ever been a part of? Spam a lot. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. What about it? What about it? It was uh, was basically me, another girl, and a cast of uh, 20 to 30-year-old men who are all crazy and comedians. And it was wonderful. Such a great experience. Yeah. And uh, like a two-second costume changes, which is always fun. (laughs) Favorite song to sing in karaoke? Betty Davis Eyes, Bonnie Raitt. I can see that. Is him how long ago? Favorite musical? Ooh, of all time, I, I think I like. I mean, Dream Roll, Fun Home. I would like. I'd like to be in Fun Home one day. That's uh, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> Fun Home. Favorite thing about yourself? Uh, I, I, I'm gentle. Ooh, that's a nice question Ooh. though, and a really nice answer. Yeah, you should be proud of being gentle. People yeah. are proud of being like. Tough. Let's be proud of being gentle. Damn. Good one. It reminds me of like this. I'm just going to assume everyone in the call is familiar with Andrea Gibson. Like, <laughs> I knew it. Ms. Andrea Gibson. I read you right. Dude, I, you know what? Y'all, the, <laughs> I gotta say, she was my outfit inspiration back in the day. <laughs> and I realized that was a terrible mistake. I look, I look back at my old outfits. I'm like, is that a little, little Andrea Gibson? What, 
what the hell? <laughs> what you doing there? You saying that you're gentle. They they had this poem, which was something, there was a line, something like, oh man, I wish I've memorized it, but like, I was too soft to last, and then I decided to be softer. Wow. Oh, I'm having an aneurysm. <laughs> no. That's so good. That is not a good thing. <laughs> no, that's actually my favorite Andrew Gibson poem. It's uh, Lens. Anyway. Jesus Christ. Well, that concludes our lightning round. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, Rachel, you won. We ended with some thunder, dude. Yeah. And uh, Helena, fabulous, fabulous read of the room, just assuming that everybody in the Zoom call knows who Andrea Gibson is. Like, yes, of course. I had a feeling and I was right. Who do you think we are? <laughs> were they ever here? No, no. Yes. Really? They were? Wait, no. Did you go? No, I remember there not being able plans. to go. Sorry, I don't want to spread false news. Um, okay, Sarah Kay and Phil Kay were here, and I went to that one. Because I don't recall getting married, so like I was, I would assume that I would assume that there was a mistake that was made, you know. Oh, my, oh my. You weren't invited. I mean, we didn't know each other, but like, Jam, you might be thinking of Sarah, Sarah Kay and Phil Kay and Sierra the Mulder. Right, Sierra the Mulder. They went to both shows, by the way. How was that? Did you go to the one in Ateneo or? I went to the Sarah Kay and Phil Kay show, the first one in Ateneo. Yes. And then I went to the Sierra the Mulder show that was in the Power Max Center. I don't know. It was like that weird mall. Like, yeah, the strange mall. It's like the mall in the middle of nowhere. Like, what? What is he doing here? <laughs> this isn't relevant to the interview. Can I share a quick gay story? Oh, this is entirely relevant to the interview. Please. This is so go. relevant. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, so this is when my girlfriend, Andrea. <laughs> Andrea. This is when you weren't together yet, but I had I had the like, feelings and I actually invited her to that show and she was like, but like, you know, like in a friendly way, like, hey, I want to go to this thing. In a friendly way. <laughs> want to go see a poetry show? <laughs> you want to go see poetry? It's like one of my favorite poets. Anyway, like, um, what the, what the heck? I never have told you this story. Anyway, she said she'd make paalam because we weren't close yet. Not super anyway, but she said she'd ask her parents. And I remember I was sitting at the bench, like the amp bench, with a, with another friend who knew I liked Andrea. So he and I were sitting across from each other, and she passed by one day, and she was like, "Oh, by the way, I asked my parents. Sorry, I can't go." And I was like, "Oh, it's fine, it's fine." And she walked away, and then my friend and I just sat there in silence. And then once she was out of sight, he reached across the table and held my hand. And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Shoutouts to Alec if Alec is listening to this. Oh, Shapalayun! <laughs> You're a real one, Alec. <laughs> Shoot! Anyway, whatever. It all turned out for the best. <laughs> oh my god, Helena. I'm happy to hear that, man. Um, is, is one of your moves exchanging books with someone you're interested in i mean while we're here Ooh, let me think while we're here it in the realm of been? literature well um what's it called uh, i do like it when i can yeah i always just try to maneuver my way to be like okay let's go to your house you know like but then like to look at their library because mm. i think you can tell a lot about um a person very from, sexy like what's on their bookshelf super sexy then you go up into the library like oh you have um Oh, you have, uh, what? Haruki Murakami or something. Okay, now I know what kind of person you are. <laughs> Based on that. And then you leave. <laughs> and then I'm like, um, I'm sorry, my parents said I can't come to your house anymore. <laughs> and then I'll have Alec hold my hand on the way home. God, can't believe Alec's there for everyone. <laughs> I know, he's really there. He's he's on speed dial, dude. He's a real ally. <laughs> the real ally, dude. <laughs> what if you see, like, a great book like I don't know Joan Didion or whatever and then boom it's a scene from Atonement like you're in the library it's perfect <laughs> a woman can dream <laughs> have you ever caught sight of someone's library through a zoom call just like just like yo can you move your camera a bit I want the see way you. we can see the way we can see your, your library, library right, now. right now I was like shoot dude yeah sorry sorry that's like that's that's for that's for work that's for work hiding up there she's hidden by frosted glass so nobody can like make comments about what i've been reading because i i'm a big i'm a big fan of children's literature so people are just gonna assume rachel why are you reading so much frog and toad is there something wrong with you but <laughs> i feel that though love frog and toad frog and toad is great frog and toad is legit i'm trying to think back and be like who taught me that 
YA was embarrassing or not real literature. I'm like, I'm about to settle in and reread the Percy Jackson series and I'm going to enjoy it. Masterful. It's a shame. I wasted years of my life pretending I didn't like certain things because I thought it wasn't cool. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to read about these half-bloods and how much they love each other. It's cool. And like children's literature is legit. Like those are hard to write. Like I've tried. Um, And it's Mm. legitimately harder to write a children's book than like a poem or a story for an adult. You know what I mean? Because they're kids. True. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I miss teaching them. Good times. Oh, you were a teacher? (gasps) No, I mean, I, I used to like help out at a, a kindergarten and then, you know, whenever, you know, people needed me for like speech classes and little theater classes, I'd always love, you know, going and helping out. Ah, damn, I miss it. When will I be able to see children again? Oh, I didn't know this. This didn't Babies. come up in our research. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's it's low key. We didn't scroll back far enough. <laughs> That's so cool, though. And it's like so wholesome. What the heck? Like. Not that me wholesome is like Lamaxa branding or whatever, but just it's it's a cool thing like to add to just like your repertoire of things that you're capable of. Thank you very much. I'm literally a 50 year old man, so pretty mild stuff in this brain. Rachel Coates, how have you been um, holding up in this time, especially like for the fact that we just had our ECQ anniversary, which is ridiculous to me. The fact that we're calling it an anniversary at all, like you know. Like it's something to celebrate. It's not. It's crazy, dude. Um, all right. I just got to preface this by saying, like, I'm speaking, you know, I'm speaking from a place of like, I still have a roof over my head and I still have, you know, food and things like that. Like, I, I don't want to get dark and everything, but like, I will say that I don't recognize the person that, you know, entered quarantine. I don't recognize her at all, dude. It's crazy. I was in a, I was living in. And I mean, I was I was in a relationship that wasn't very good for me. And then like, yeah, well, it just everything changed, you know, shifted. I'm back here um, with, you know, I get to see my sister every day, which is awesome. And um, I have so much space for myself that it's scary. So I had no choice but to do something with it. Um, And what I ended up doing was what riding my bike and uh, getting to write lyrics and meeting some lovely people. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else there is to say. It's it's really crazy. It's been wild. <laughs> that's it. That's all. Yeah, I became a minimalist. I have like 30 shirts now, uh, 30 pieces of clothing. I'm like, oh, wow, cool. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. What's your relationship to art been like in this time? And I guess in extension to that question, um, how have you been, loving yourself and um, keeping your equilibrium um, while, you know, you're going through what you're going through? That is a really good question. Uh, But I'm pretty proud of the progress I've made, to be honest. Uh, It was a bit of a, I think, I think it was uh, the pandemic started right on the brink of when I was getting a little bit, it was too easy to go out and to like have a drink and forget about everything, you know, like, so that's what I was doing for a while. Get in an ankas from work and uh, head straight to the bar, dance a little bit, you know, get home at like 4 a.m. and then do the same thing all over again. And, uh, you know, um, I think it was so easy to get caught in that loop for sure uh, that I was leaving a lot of important things behind. I think... Um, a lot of stuff is being released now that's like since everyone is spending so much time with themselves it's so introspective like i never thought that um a breakup song like what, what is it? a driver's license by olivia rodrigo or whatever that's on the top charts now oh, right, right and i'm just like it's a great song but it's very introspective and i'm like yo this this is crazy that something like a breakup song is like climbing the charts in this way and it's not like a club hit or whatever so i i, I think it's in that respect um I think my relationship to art now is is more of a a personal one, I think, where in the past, I think I might have been making things to impress others. And I I mean, you know, or or um, give myself as a gift to others. But I think a lot of the stuff has been re- that I've been making recently has been refreshingly selfish. Uh, like, for example, I could write a journal uh, piece or a poem and never share it. And I'll be like, this is for me. This is mine. And uh, I'm very happy with how it's made me feel. And uh, the external validation does not mean very much to me. So uh, 
yeah, I feel like um, I might have been pushing myself a lot maybe at the beginning uh, when it came to like writing music or coming out with something, but I'm taking my time now and I think it, it does show in the work. But yeah, <sighs> for myself, uh, I'm literally just self-mothering and being like, Rachel, don't like get up, do something, you know, uh, going to therapy, which is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad, dude. I'm I glad. for you. Like genuinely, like legitimately like, yeah, hell yeah. I'm thinking about what you said about um, the new habit you've taken on of making art for yourself and the way that quarantine sort of turned your world upside down, this world of um, just uh, making easy escapes. Um, But those easy escapes are closed off now. And I guess those sorts of changes make the, uh, so what I'm looking for, of sort of narrowed your field of vision to a point where like what you see is you and when you look at you, you realize that you're like a great person, you know? Um, am I reaching? Is this like, uh, am I? No, no, I, I, no, I feel you. Uh, I mean, I've, I've <laughs> hardly even knew myself at the beginning of the year, but then the more time that I did spend with myself, especially since after that, uh, you know, sometime during the pandemic, I became single and I was like, this is crazy. I'm single and I can't throw myself on other people. What? What's going on? Literally, all I can do is turn all of that energy inward. And it's uh, it's been a labor of love. You know, I've, I've always said and I feel I feel terrible uh, for saddling this on my other partners. But I realized recently that you can't make somebody else do the very difficult job of loving you, you know, so it is work. It's like super it's work. And I, I feel like this is the first time I've been giving myself a chance to uh, do that work for myself. So. But I'm just so glad that, like, if nothing else, like, I mean, obviously you have all of this amazing stuff going on and, like, you're able to, like, try out and experiment with all these new things. I think that it's really wonderful that at the very least you were able to, like, um, take a step, like, back and just take stock of everything. You know, like you said at the start of this line of questioning that um, you don't recognize, like, what was that? The person you were then? compared to now and I'm like I'd like to think that, that that's been like a largely at least from you know from getting to talk to you now and hearing how you've been I, I'd like to think it's generally been like a positive transformation um, which is wonderful you know I'm glad you were able to give yourself that thank you so much me too I was surprised I was like oh gosh yeah <laughs> good stuff good stuff thank you guys before we go Rachel um, I think I speak for Helena um when I say that you've been a wonderful guest and um, you know what I'm, I'm thinking as well that what the kind of like growth that you're going through now and the kind of emotional nourishment that you're giving to yourself now I think that's something that you're giving to a lot of your fans people who are listening to your music and people who are tuning into Pearls Next Door uh, Pearl Next Door pala, sorry to me Pearl Next jam. Door and, um, and it, it, it's like um it's just amazing to me that your relationship with art and your relationship with yourself is something that um, reverberates out into the world and does the same thing for other people, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, you're doing really good work, dudes. Thank you, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Before we go, would you like to uh, tell the listeners about like where they can find you, um, where they can like keep up with what you're doing? Do you got any like, projects coming up? Aside from Bubble, uh... <laughs> Um, I'm, uh, you can find me on, um, I have a Facebook page called Coats Stuff, which my producer said isn't very good of a name, but I'm keeping it. Coats Stuff. (laughs) Own it. Own it. Sorry. It's Coats Stuff. (laughs) I love how you had to say it like a third time, but this time with an accent. (laughs) I'm sorry. I had to. Um, I'm, uh, what's it called on Instagram and Twitter? Uh, I'm a theat Rachel, so it's theatrical, but Rachel, sorry <sighs> you know, about that. I had been wondering, I'm starting to think somebody else should name, <laughs> should name all my things. Cause it's not very clever. Apparently it's better branding to have, uh, like, a the same handle across all platforms, but whatever, whatever. True. Whatever. Coats was taken. <laughs> and uh, I'm Coats on uh, on on Spotify under Eclectic Kiss. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay, 
All right. Any final words, final message, anything you want to leave people with? Um, please, uh, please stream Big Shot. I'm very proud of it. Uh, I know it's a it's a barrage of eight voices screaming at you about um, how uh, you got cheated on, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> just play the song, please. It's a good song, and Nick worked really hard in it, and so did I. So it's fun, fun stuff. Stream it, play it. Rachel, thank you so much. God. Thank you so much, Jam. Uh, thank you, Helena. It's so lovely seeing you guys. And, you know, hopefully our paths cross again soon. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> At one of your gigs. I have to say, I really love how we entered this interview with me not having properly met Rachel before and we exited it with us being completely devoted to her and with her possibly adopting one of my cats in the future. Yeah, just like completely enamored with her and 100% trusting her with a small animal. (laughs) She's got it. I mean, she's got everything else. She'll probably be a great cat mom. Yeah, like when you told her like, yeah, I was listening to your song while feeding uh, my kitten just like milk from a syringe and I'm like, wow, yeah, yeah. That's a mood to listen. Oh, to be a small cat while <laughs> listening to Rachel Coach. My general takeaway from our conversation with Rachel is to just uh, approach life in general with a little more openness and a little more warmth. I think, I don't mean to sound cliche, but like I think by default as a person, I can be pretty cold. And coldness is fine, um, especially in the summer, in uh, especially in a time like this when summer heat gets oppressive. Okay, Jam. No, I mean, like, I don't know where I was going with that. I can sometimes be a pretty cold uh, person by nature. And it's not going to kill me to be a little warm. It's not going to kill me to, you know, um, meet people with uh, arms that are open. I think that's cool. I think that's um, what her music sounds like, at least in my opinion. Because you know how, like, a lot of her songs um, from Takeaway to Big Shot, which wasn't released while we were doing this interview with her, but was released a few days later. It's that there's this um, pop meets Broadway situation going on, which is how the sound was described in that one feature and the rest is noise. But I have to agree. Um, it really sounds like a perfect melding of those two sensibilities. And what you get from that is something that's almost whimsical. I think we can stand a little whimsy in our lives every now and then. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not much of like a musical theater person. Um, Although I did do trumpets one summer when I was like 14. I don't know, whatever. Holy fucking shit, Helena. We I've done trumpets also. How many? (laughs) (laughs) Off air, guys, we established that Jam and I both have allergic rhinitis. We're just finding things out about each other. Being vulnerable. (laughs) We have so much in common, dude. Yeah, this is crazy. I've known you for like how many fucking years? And this is the first time that I'm like... Hold on, wait. Um, I was going on a tangent about like warmth and whatever, but like this is the new thing now. Like, what did you do? What did you do uh, for trumpets? What was this? Did glee. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I never even watched Glee, by the way. I was cast as the equivalent of Tina. Tina is Tina. I don't know, dude. Again, I never watched Glee. I thought you would know. Yeah, sorry. sorry. No, I I was into it for a while. Um what did you do for trumpets? I was in trumpets in grade school. So oh. Glee wasn't a thing yet. Oh, wow. Okay. It was, uh, I was the lead for some fucking reason. And it was a musical about like dinosaurs who go to the moon. That is so fucking adorable. I hated it. Uh, <laughs> 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 like the directors, the mentors we had, they were fucking mean. Oh, no. What the kids? You were a kid. And that's when I learned that summer that show business is not to me. <laughs> I'm glad infinitely more skilled people like Rachel took up the mantle so we wouldn't have to. The world of theater, of music, would be starved without her. Oh my god. (sighs) I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said the trumpets thing. It was like dropping a bomb in the middle of the conversation. (laughs) To go back to what you were saying earlier. We should have brought that up during the interview. But yeah, go on. I was too embarrassed. Honestly, I thought about it and I'm like, no way am I letting her know face to face that I used to be in trumpets. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a good way to go back to what you were saying earlier about kind of like having these um 
having this sort of degree of coldness. Like I wouldn't characterize it as that myself. More of just like having boundaries mm-hmm. um, with how you relate to other people, which I think are super valid and everyone should have boundaries. But at the same time, I really appreciate what you were saying that like in contrast to that, you can have this sort of, um, what do you call this, willingness to be open with people, to be generous with people and to show your softer sides. Um, and it's so cool how Rachel exhibits that with, is the word aplomb? Aplomb? Aplomb, yeah. I don't know how to say I've never said it out loud before. What a weird word. <laughs> anyway, okay. Yeah. When she exhibits that with like complete, just like, I don't know, like she's so, I, I found her to be so, what's the word for this? Self-possessed. And I like that she was so comfortable being like, you know, so candid with us. Yeah. And yeah, that's something that I think a lot of us can take heart in and even inspiration from. Yeah, I'm trying to remember a quote. The one you said in the interview. The one from Andrea Gibson? Yes, yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's the poem Lens, which was published in their collection Fancy, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> but yeah, it was... I realized I was too soft to last, and then I decided to be softer. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. Andrea Gibson. Great-ass quote. Shout-outs to them. Tattoo it on my forehead. Thank you for, like, making half my personality. So <laughs> we wouldn't have this podcast without you. Yeah, honestly. What a weird credit. <laughs> uh, special thanks to Rachel Coates and uh, Andrea Gibson also. <laughs> <laughs> the music for this podcast is by Lower Myth. The design for the podcast is by Max Campo, and the mixing is by Roy Makasaet. You can listen to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, where you can also leave us a five-star rating and review. I want to say thanks real quick to the friends who don't rate and review, but do reach out to like to give us feedback or just to say they're enjoying or that they're listening, even like while they're like cleaning their room or whatever. It really like warms my heart. And I share everything with Jam. I'm like screenshots. I'm like, hey, somebody enjoyed this episode. As a quick aside, I want to give a shout out to Esco Babes. Jam, you remember Esco Babes? Yes, I do. He's like, yeah, he he chimes in every couple of weeks to let me know he's enjoying the episodes and whatever. And I miss him so much and I love him. And I hope he's listening to this and enjoying this. You can follow us on social media at the Gig is Up PH on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you'd like to support the production of this show, you can find us on Ko-fi, where you can leave us a minimum donation of one US dollar, which is roughly equivalent to 50 pesos. So that's like ko-fi.com slash the Gig is Up PH. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. And uh, we'll see you again in the next one. Hope you like this one. Don't forget to stream Big Shot by Rachel Coates. You can find her on Facebook as Coates Stuff because she just does so many things. So you should go appreciate her for all of those things as much as we do. Or more. On Spotify, she goes by uh, just Coates. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. C-O-A-T-E-S. Yeah, be sure to look for her there. Big Shot is fantastic, guys. Give it a listen. We love it. And you will too. That's a threat. <laughs> Love it or else. <laughs> well, I raincoats na tayo eh. <laughs> We're ride or die for Rachel. Except for now. Bye, y'all. Stay safe as always. Take care.